Welcome to the Restaurant Boiler Room, Episode 7. I'm your host, Rick Ormsby, Managing Director at Unbridled Capital. Today in the Boiler Room, sales and traffic outlook for restaurants, restaurant financing update from the RFDC conference, franchisor takeovers and rumors continue their feverish pace, and our question of the week, what would you say to convince a franchisor to refranchise the restaurants? The Restaurant Boiler Room is a one-stop shop for multi-million dollar merger and acquisition activity and financial complexities affecting the franchise restaurant industry. We talk money, deals, valuations, and risk delivered to the front door of franchisees, private equity firms, family offices, large investors, and franchisors on an every other week basis. Feel free to find all of our content on Unbridled Capital's website at www.unbridledcapital.com. Now, let's enter the Boiler Room. The first topic is sales and traffic outlook for restaurants. Now, by many indications, it has been a good start to the holiday season across the country with noticeable increases in consumer spending, especially online. Unemployment is remarkably low as well. Let's hope the holiday season will lead to stronger December sales and traffic in restaurants. However, it has been a mixed bag in terms of restaurant sales performance this year. TDN2K reports that comp sales in restaurants were up for the sixth consecutive month in November at 1%. The West Coast and Southeast areas were the strongest, and New England was the weakest performing area geographically. Increasing sales is good news, but for 2018, it has come from pricing and new unit development. Traffic has been down for virtually the entire year and was down almost 2% in November. Major franchise brands have mostly produced strong same-store sales comps. For example, in Q3, here is a rank and stack list of high to low comp sales for select brands. Applebee's, Domino's, Wingstop, Taco Bell, Outback, Chipotle, Sonic, McDonald's, Chili's, Del Taco, Dunkin', IHOP, Denny's, KFC, Pizza Hut, Jack in the Box, Bojangles, Popeyes, Wendy's, Burger King, Red Robin, and finally Papa John's. Now for this group, there was a heavy concentration around the zero to plus two comp sales range. The total range was from the highest at Applebee's at 7.7% to negative 9.8% for Papa John's. But when you remove Papa John's and Red Robin from the list, no group was worse than comp sales of negative 1%. So here are some thoughts. Number one, Throughout much of the Midwest particularly, there was a very cold weather situation in early 2018. I'd expect to see some favorability as comp sales should be stronger this winter in many places. Number two, pricing increases will continue, especially on the West Coast and in the Northeast. Franchisees will be combating annual minimum wage increases, many of which will take place at the start of the new year. Because pricing will necessarily increase to combat rising minimum wage, don't be overly excited if we see 2% sales growth in January, February, and March. However, all positive sale trends are always a good thing. Number three, it is interesting to note that to-go sales have been accelerating rapidly, approaching 9% increases on a year-over-year basis in 2018. These strong increases are likely hiding the fact, though, that there just aren't as many customers sitting in restaurants these days. Number four, competition is fierce from delivery, grocery stores, and convenience stores. Number five, new unit development has been steady and increasing. This has resulted in higher overall industry sales, but is challenging comp sales significantly in lesser brands, independent restaurants, and mom and pops. 
Remember that eating out is a very mature industry. Most sales growth comes at the expense of other restaurants. We are sharing slices of the same pie, and really the pie isn't getting much bigger. Our next topic is restaurant financing update from the RFDC conference. Now, the Restaurant Monitor came out with an article summarizing some lender comments from the RFDC conference in mid-November. I thought some of these points were good ones, and so here's a summary of them. Number one, rising interest rates are on the minds of restaurant operators, but even though they're about a full point higher than they were a year ago, interest rates are still not the biggest cost concern for these restaurant operators. Number two, the middle of the PL is stressed with rising wages, healthcare costs, and commodity price increases that trump higher interest rates. Number three, in general, the demand for capital is decreasing. Number four, term loan B rated or the high yield market was 3.3 billion as of November 2018, down from 3.7 billion the year before. This might decline further as interest rates continue to increase. Number five, there is an increased chance of recession, and this is concerning to lenders who typically make five to seven year term loans and must consider the risk of recession in their pricing. Number six, one lender commented that the operating environment is much tougher today than it has been. Number seven, there was another comment that few operators are seeing margin expansion in their P&Ls. Specifically, there has been margin contraction of about 100 to 200 basis points on average this year across the franchise restaurant space. And then number eight, there have been some positive signs recently in casual dining, but QSR is still the most resilient segment. To me, it sounds like lenders are becoming a bit more cautious in today's operating environment, Certainly, the refinancing market has dried up this year as higher interest rates have dissuaded many franchisees from changing their capital structure unless M&A has necessitated it. Our third topic is franchisor takeovers and rumors continue their feverish pace. Well, it's been a crazy year of M&A activity at the franchisor level across many brands in the restaurant sector. Here are a few examples. Jack in the Box sold Qdoba to Apollo Global Management. Inspire Brands just acquired Sonic Drive-In after buying Buffalo Wild Wings earlier this year. Bojangles just announced a take-private transaction with Durational Capital Management and the Jordan Company. Taco Bueno was just acquired in bankruptcy by Sun Holdings. There have been rumors that Papa John's, of course, has been looking for a buyer as it's struggling to overcome negative sales comps. Additionally, private investor groups are growing like weeds. Work capital is now massive. 3G Capital owns several Tier 1 restaurant brands. And JAB Holdings owns Panera and a plethora of breakfast and coffee brands. Now, for the week of December 17th, we can now add Jollibee Foods to the list as well. Philippine-based Jollibee Foods Corp. just announced the completion of its takeover of Smashburger after its initial investment into the brand in 2015. Now, this isn't a surprise to me, but what I found interesting was a comment about Jollibee's plans from executive Jose Minana. He said, our vision is to be one of the top five restaurant companies in the world, and we are looking at more acquisitions here in the United States. Now, also on December 17th, Jack in the Box announced that it is exploring strategic and financing alternatives. This is indicative language that means they're considering a possible sale of the company. Jack indicated that it is already in discussions with potential buyers. Now, remember that Jack is primarily a West Coast brand where minimum wage increases have created a difficult environment for all franchise operators. Now, in any given year, M&A activity starts to ramp up in Q1, usually in the 
early February timeframe. There have been many announcements recently, including these two that I just mentioned. And so we should expect more in 2019, but not just on the franchisor side, but also on the franchisee side as well. Now, finally, our question of the week, what would you say to convince a franchisor to refranchise the restaurants? Well, I think this is a great question. Refranchising has been a huge trend for many brands over the past several years. Here are some thoughts on how I'd respond. Number one, corporate refranchising has been a critical component of driving higher valuations and share price, especially share price in public companies. Number two, many large and mid-sized brands have completed major refranchising efforts in the past two or three years already. Number three, the asset light model results in higher margins, lower G&A, and lower capital expenditures. Number four, selling stores to franchisees also greatly reduces the risk of earnings misses for public companies, as well as a significant reduction in operational risk. Number five, the recent franchisee M&A boom has produced a heavy supply of buyers who are well-capitalized franchisees and investors. Number six, buyers are increasingly paying record prices for refranchised markets as demand has greatly outstripped supply. Number seven, the capitalization and operational expertise of today's franchisees are stronger than just a few years ago. Number eight, many buyers of fast casual franchises are large QSR operators who understand development, operations, financing, and management. Why do I mention fast casual? Because some of the smaller tier two regional brands are fast casual, and those are the ones that still have, in some cases, heavy corporate ownership. Number nine, Development agreements can be combined with refranchising to aid new unit growth. Number 10, for the franchisor, substantial new unit growth drives higher revenue growth and share price. Number 11, selling larger groups of stores is the right idea to attract the best franchise partners who have the vision and capitalization to grow. Number 12, selling smaller groups of stores will result in undercapitalized franchisees who won't be able to grow, remodel, or weather an economic downturn that could be a concern as early as late 2019 and 2020. 13, record valuations will not be here forever. Increasing interest rates, tepid traffic, competition, and risk of recession are all reasons to act now. Number 14, the risk of waiting 12 to 24 months to refranchise could be 10 to 25% in lower prices due to these factors. 15, for these reasons, the time to act is now when considering a system-wide refranchising effort. And lastly, the strategy and pacing are very important. Do not haphazardly plan to sell a market or two. A larger plan is needed with experts who can maximize value and find the best franchise partners for your future. Thanks so much for entering the Boiler Room today. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you like these podcasts, please listen, rate, and review. I also encourage you to visit our website at www.unbridledcapital.com for the best franchise M&A and financial resources in the industry. Our website includes podcasts, videos, white papers, and a list of our M&A transactions. Please note that neither Rick Ormsby nor Unbridled Capital give legal, financial, or tax advice. These podcasts represent opinions that have been prepared for informational purposes only. We expressly disclaim any and all liabilities that may be based on such information, errors therein, or omissions therefrom. 